Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her personal foundation, says they're seeing more issues than ever with dogs' joints, odors, and their health than ever before. After doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can all look to improve our dog's health, their food. What she's discovered is that many dog foods are made in a way they can actually create toxins that could possibly be wrecking our dog's health. And that's true for many of the premium brands as well. Fortunately, she's found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how any of us can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. I've got five dogs. I do. I love them. I spend most of my time with them. In fact, Mojo, my mama blue healer, has helped me write six and a half books now. I want her to be as healthy and happy as possible. So if you feel like you do about your dogs the same way I do, let me encourage you to go to badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard and watch Catherine's video right now. And again, that's badlandsfood.com forward slash boneyard. Be sure and check it out and make sure your pet is happier and healthier than ever. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the Hump Day edition of the Yard. Man, it's two more days now, and we can kind of get into game mode. You know what I'm saying? I wish we were playing today. When you're rolling good, you know, it's like you just can't wait to get back out there. And I'll tell you, it has been such a great week, man. It has been so wonderful. A lot of enthusiasm around the program, a lot of positive national attention. I mean, yeah, there were a few guys out there to try to take some shots. Oh, well, don't get – let's pump the brakes on KJ Costello. You know, listen – what, a, what an awful way to go through life, right? I mean, really. I mean, we just set an SEC record, single-game record for passing with a grad transfer quarterback that people consider an NFL prospect who is in an offense that utilizes the full complement of his skill set. Why wouldn't we be excited? Why do we have to have somebody with the wet blanket? Oh, we're going to have to play better to beat Alabama. You know, listen, we're going to probably have to play a near-perfect game to beat Alabama. But you know what? We don't play Alabama for another month. Why can't we just enjoy what we have? And that's what I plan to do. I plan to enjoy it right up until kickoff on Saturday. And then after we beat Arkansas, I'm going to savor that one for a week. And that's one of the things that I wanted to say today. And it's a big show today. We've got a lot to talk about. But let's not play the Egg Bowl yet. You know, the Egg Bowl is said to be played uh, Thanksgiving weekend, right? Let's wait and play the Egg Bowl then. Let's wait and play Alabama when they come up on the schedule. Let's take a deep breath. Do it with me, everybody, on three. One, two, three. <sighs> Here we go. Take a deep breath. Let's enjoy the season. We, you know, Sometimes we rush it by. I'm thinking, oh, Steve, what, what bowl game are we going to be in? I mean, do you think we can contend this year You know, to get this kid? Listen, as a person in recovery, I have learned to live one day at a time and to enjoy the victories when I have them and then learn from my losses, but not to dwell on either one. But here's the big deal. You know, neither one of us play or coach, right? If we want to get ahead of ourselves, we can. But I'm going to encourage you not to do that. I'm going to encourage you to say, you know what? We beat LSU. We were expected to lose. When the original line came out, it was in the 20s. I think I saw it as high as 24. 24. 
then it comes down and it comes down and it comes down. And at the end of the day, we play the game and we win by 10. So, yeah, I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to take an extended time to savor that, especially somebody lived in Baton Rouge for 16 long years. We won one time, the entire time that I lived there, and that was back in 99. And then they tried to say that that was a fluke and that Rod Gibson didn't get in. He did. He did. And it's so funny, even now, some self-loathing Mississippi State fans say, well, if we had review back then, well, we didn't have review back then, and there wasn't enough evidence to overturn it anyway. The, uh, me and the headlinesman both agree, touchdown, Bulldogs. And so there's enough LSU people out there trying to diminish all that stuff. Why, why should we join them? We're Mississippi State people. So I'm going to praise Mississippi State. I'm going to get excited about Mississippi State. And I'm going to, every single day, I'm going to talk about Mississippi State in a favorable way because of the fact that, number one, Mississippi State might be better than we thought. We might have undervalued K.J. Costello. We might have undervalued Mike Leach. I think many of us thought, including myself, well, this will be a transition year. Yeah, it'll be fun to see the ball thrown around, but, uh, hey, it's going to be one of those transition years. And you know what? If it ends up being that, then we kind of got what we expected. But right now, it looks like the train is moving down the tracks a little more rapidly than we anticipated. I think that's a fair assessment of things, and I think it's one of those things we can all get excited about. I got a big list today of uh, things to talk about. Today's top ten list is going to be um, going to be one of my favorite bands. I had somebody reach out to me and say, hey, Steve, who are some of your favorite bands? And I got a lot of top ten list suggestions. Some of them kind of move the needle. Other ones don't. But I'm going to talk about one of my favorite bands today when we get to top ten. And it's not a rock band. How about that? It's not a rock band. You think you know me, but you don't. And a matter of fact, I, those of you that come to my Facebook Live shows, and there are, there are thousands of you, I owe you a dance. I promise that. I, I joked around. I've always told you guys that I am, I am probably the best untrained club dancer that you have ever known. And so on Facebook Live, some people kind of goaded me into it and said, well, Steve, I think you should dance on camera. I said, well, you know, I don't know if I'm ready to do that. It's been a while. I've lost a few steps. It's been a long time since we were uh, hanging out down at Neo Beach in the Metro and uh, the Purple Peacock and Kenny's Key West and all that stuff. You know, the Moon in Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, I'm about Tallahassee. Excuse me. I've been around Club La Vila. It's been a while. But tonight, I owe those people a dance, and I'm going to give them one. I said, you know what? If we beat OSU, I'll do it. Well, we beat OSU. So I'm happy to do it. So I'm going to come out of retirement one night, one night only, and uh, give you a little taste. How about that? So come by to Facebook Live show. If you can't watch it live, you can always watch the repeat over on the Bulldogs 247 Facebook page. You think it's a game, but it's not. I'm going to put all these, I'm going to put all the naysayers to rest with all this stuff. Our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company, they'll put the naysayers to rest too. Because they're going to deliver you a great restaurant-quality hamburger, a great experience, a great dining experience for you and your family. Whether it's date night, family night, or just a chance for your passion through business for lunch, Bulldog Burger is absolutely your destination to break bread. Two locations now to serve you right here on University Drive in Starkville, and then on Gloucester Street there in Tupelo. Two incredible locations staffed by caring, talented people. They want to make sure that you have a great experience. Bulldog Burger Company, part of a great family of restaurants that have served the Golden Triangle for many, 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 many years. Go by, let them serve you. Bulldog Burger Company, the place for people in Starkville and Tupelo go to meet. All right, let's jump right into uh, Arkansas. That's what we're going to talk about now. We can still celebrate LSU 
and talk about Arkansas. We're able to do that. We're multifaceted. We have the opportunity to kind of get out and do some cool things. One of the first things I want to say, I, you know, I like Sam Pittman. He's very likable. He is. And one of the things I like about him, he's kind of a no-nonsense kind of guy. He doesn't give you a lot of coach speak. He just kind of answers the question. And uh, I think he's one of those guys, too. You know, when you kind of get down to the brass tacks, the old deal, he's an old-school football coach. And uh, there's so many guys today that are doing things a little bit differently. I kind of like that throwback coach. I like a guy that uh, – it's kind of true to himself and kind of true to his values. It was kind of a questionable hire when Arkansas hired him. And it says a lot about where the program was. He had to do that. But, you know, Sam may be okay. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that really built a pedigree on being a great offensive line coach, very well-respected, great recruiter. Done a pretty good job with that already. They look pretty good first half against Georgia. And, you know, they should. You know, granted, they got mocking out Georgia as the O.C., but, you know, there's some insider trading going on there, too. I mean, Sam Pittman knows their personnel, knows what they're good at, knows what they're not good at. Probably utilize some of that experience from the personnel uh, to kind of game plan around it. And eventually Arkansas kind of run out of gas. But um, be that as it may, let me share with you some of the things that Sam Pittman had to say about Mississippi State. Uh, I, very, 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 very complimentary of Mississippi State. And so I'm going to run down a couple of things for you. If you haven't read this, you can read it in its entirety. I, uh, I looked high and low, couldn't find a transcript, so I had to watch a press conference and transcribe it myself. That's part of the gig. But here's one of the things that he said about K.J. Costello. Costello was incredible. He could throw every throw and was very poised. Every, Coach Leach and those guys did a great job preparing that football team. Colin Hill is the guy that offense runs around. He is really, really an exceptional football player. They're using him a little bit differently, not running them as much as they did last year, but I anticipate them running him on Saturday. But he is catching the ball out of the backfield and doing a great job. They have a lot of receivers that can make plays. K.J. Costello had his career game. It was unbelievable for him to come in as a transfer and then do what he did. It was really outstanding. A lot to unpack there. A lot we already know. Yes, K.J. Costello was outstanding. But he understands, too, Colin Hill was kind of the straw that serves to drink. I mean, he is a walking mismatch in this offense. We're going to move him around and kind of get him paired up on some defenders and give us an advantage. And we did that last weekend. I mean, not to mention, too, Colin Hill's not getting hit 30 times a game, too, so he should be fresher longer this year. But he made the comment about, I anticipate them running him on Saturday. So why would he think that? Why would he say, I expect State to run him more on Saturday? Well, here's what I believe. I believe that Arkansas is going to play a lot of zone against us. I think they're going to do what they can to avoid the big play. LSU, uh, much you know, much their chagrin and probably a little bit of arrogance too, they tried to go man up with State the entire ballgame. That was the plan. Let's go man-to-man coverage, and then we'll let, let our pass rush get there. Well, then you, then you couldn't get there. It was sometimes, listen – you hurried KJ a little bit. They got to him a couple times. But the pass rush was not a dominant force on the day. And there were some times, too, that uh, you know we had a couple of busts. But they continued to go man coverage. And um, it's almost like one of those uh, rights of manhood for some teams. So we're just going to go straight man-to-man because we got better personnel. Well, schematically, Leach made that decision look pretty foolish. And I think Arkansas realizes that they do not have the athletes in the secondary to match up with State. you got Ladarius Bishop and uh, Greg Brooks out there. 
not bigger corners. Going to have to go out there and defend Tyrell Shavers and Osiris Mitchell. I mean, goodness, you can just throw the fade all that dumb day. But I suspect that what they're going to do is run a lot of zone coverage, probably try to kind of copy the Jimmy Lake philosophy there at the University of Washington and rush three and drop eight into coverage to kind of close those passing windows down and just kind of live with the fact, okay, if they're going to throw it, we're going to make them throw it underneath, and if they catch and run with it, and so be it. But we're going to slow this thing down and kind of limit big plays. I suspect that is going to be the case. That also opens the door for Kylan Hill to run the football more. If they're going to rush three and drop eight, then we can just hand it to Kylan, and he's going to get six of eight yards of carry. And you say, well, Steve, will Leach do that? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of take what the defense gives you, but you're not going to get out there and if you're Mike Leach and just kind of force the issue. But what happens is, is all of a sudden when you start establishing that ground game and you've got eight defenders kind of bailing out on a snap and Cowan starts running six, seven, eight yards with a right on down the field. And, and, you know, that's one of the things, too, about running the football is um, there's a lot of, not a lot of negative that comes with that. Well, then when he begins to establish that, then you've got to respect it's now all of a sudden you've got to get out of that, that drop-and-eight type deal. Then you've got to start bringing some guys in the middle of the field to kind of slow some things down. Another thing that leads me to believe they're going to run a lot of zone coverage is when asked about the crossing routes, Sam said, you know, that's the thing about LSU too, is that State runs those crossing routes, and if you have your linebackers as part of your blitz package and there's nobody in the middle of the field, which is true, and you can still wait for your receiver to uncover. But by and large, when you're in man-to-man -man coverage, you're not passing guys off. You're chasing them. And so if you get beat off the line, like Tyrell Shavers and Osiris Mitchell did regularly uh, on Saturday, if you're beating the corner off the line and they're bringing linebackers on the blitz package, well, then the corner is chasing the wide-open receiver, and it's, it's kind of entering uh, you know, wide-open spaces in the defense. And so if they're going to try to eliminate that, they're probably going to keep their backers back and out of the blitz package, and maybe they, they don't push the issue with Costello. They try to get pressure with a three-man front, and I just don't think that's going to happen. And let's be brutally honest with one another here. This isn't the first time that somebody has uh, run you know, zone coverage against Mike Leach. He's seen it all before. He's had a chance to work up counters. He didn't need you or I to say, hey, coach, how are we going to attack the zone? What are we going to do? Oh, my goodness, is that our kryptonite? The answer to questions, no. One of the things that people look at and say, well, you know, Steve, Washington, Washington really had you know, kind of the, uh, the kryptonite for the Mike Leach offense, and that's true. But a lot of that had to do with personnel. A lot of that had to do with the talent gap between Washington and Washington State. And that's the thing, too, is everybody has a plan. Everybody has a scheme. Everybody has an offensive or defensive philosophy. But you're not going to think your way into the end zone. You're not going to think your way into a three and out. You've got to have guys go out there and make plays for you. And even the best coach doesn't take the field. The best coach has to train his guys up, prepare them, and then put them in a situation where they can go out there and be successful. And if you're playing against somebody that's better than you, scheme will only take you so far. At some point, natural talent and ability and athleticism will take over. And that's kind of been the case at Washington, Washington State over the last couple of years in the Apple Cup. There just haven't been a lot of situations where, uh, you know, Washington State's been able to do big things, you know, with all of that. That's, uh, that's one of the things that you begin to kind of ask yourself. As people get film on us, as people see how Mike Leach is using the personnel, what does that mean? Well, it means that, uh, you know, Mike has got to could be a little more innovative. Mike's got to figure some things out. Some of the best minds in the country 
are going to be scheming against them. And I can promise you there's some people, you know, on the schedule coming up here in the next few years, a few weeks are thinking, okay, well, we know that uh, we don't have the same athletes as LSU, so we're not going to be able to run man-to-man. We're not, we're, we're not going to be able to do it. It's, not, it's just not going to work for us. And then there are other people that are saying, okay, well, we'll just zone this thing up and kind of live what we have, and maybe we can score enough to kind of keep this thing competitive. But everybody at some point has tried to trip up Mike Leach. Everybody has tried to kind of you know, move this thing around a bit and kind of give him some looks that maybe perhaps he hadn't seen. But that's the deal. There's not a lot new under the sun when it comes to college football. I'm going to run down some numbers for you from last year. Washington State, and it was not a great year for Washington State. They went 6-7. and seven. They win the first three, 58-7 against New Mexico State, 59-17 against Northern Colorado, and then 31-24 against Houston. They lose... 67-63 to UCLA, and if you recall, that was a game where uh, Leach and them were up a couple scores late and then throw a pick with four minutes to go. Probably wishes he had that one back. The next week, they lose at Utah, 38-13, and a lot of people believe they lost that game, but that UCLA kind of beat them twice. It was a hangover from that. Then they lose at Arizona State, 38-34, bounce back to beat Colorado, 41-10. And it's funny, if you go read on message boards, people say, well, they always kind of struggle with Colorado. Not last year. They lose a shootout at Autzen Stadium, 37-35 against Oregon, and then lose at Cal, 33-20. And Cal has done a pretty good job over the years, kind of slowing the air raid down a little bit. A lot of that is, again, you see it every year, you kind of prepare for it. They blast Stanford 49-22. They outlast Oregon State 54-53 in Pullman. And then they lose to Washington 31-13. And let's be honest, too. You go back and look, uh, you know, quarterback situation last year. Gordon, good player, kind of a product of the scheme. Went undrafted this year. A lot of people expected him to, to be drafted. But let's go back and look what happens when you have you know, a bona fide quarterback in there, a guy that uh, can make plays for like they did with Gardner Minshew, which is kind of one of the better stories of the last decade in college football. Brandon High School product, Gardner Minshew. A lot of people didn't expect much from Gardner, but here's what happens when Minshew's there. They win at Wyoming 41-19. They blast San Jose State 31-0. They get Eastern Washington 59-24. And you say, well, Steve, they should always win those games. And you're right, and they do. You lose at SC 39-36. Not really any shame in that. You get Utah 28-24. So clearly the Utah and Kyle Whittingham and those guys, uh, you know, have a good idea of kind of having to slow things down. Probably do some research for that. They blast Oregon State 56-37. They get Oregon 34-20. They go and beat Stanford 41-38 in Stanford. They get by Cal 19-13. There it is again. Cal doing a good job kind of slowing things down. So there will be some people that will look at the, you know what Utah and Cal have done to kind of slow Leach down. Then you win it at Colorado 31-7. You blast Arizona 69-28. Then you lose to Washington 28-15. And you win your bowl game. But it's an 11-2 regular season. There are going to be some games, and there are going to be some days that we're going to have to win games 24-21. There are going to be some games that we're not going to go out there and just put up huge numbers. Again, these are some of the best minds in the game that are kind of scheming against Mike Leach now. They'll find a way to kind of slow some things down. So we're going to have to be multifaceted. And listen, Mike Leach knows this. Mike Leach understands what it takes. But you've got a pretty special guy out there wearing number three now in KJ Costello.
And I think that he sees every game, every week as a job interview. This is a guy with every pass that he makes and every big throw that he, that he takes. This is a guy that's auditioning for the National Football League. A lot of people expected him to come out after his third year at Stanford. He didn't. He would have come out last year. He'd have been healthy, I'm sure. But uh, he has a vested interest in our success. And if you saw that video in the postgame of celebration, him running on the field saying, how about them dogs? Uh, this is a guy that's bought in. And, and he talked about it at length last night about, you know, what Mike Leach does and means to him. And I'm going to have that story up for you tomorrow. But uh, Mike Leach is pushing KJ Costello to be better. Mike Leach also has at his, at his disposal one of the best quarterbacks in the country. There are a lot of people that said, oh, you know, we'll kind of see. I think all of us were thinking, hey, we got a bona fide blue chip quarterback here and the most innovative, innovative mind in the game calling plays for us. This is a marriage made in heaven. And so, like I said, opening the show, let's enjoy the honeymoon. Let's enjoy the fact that uh, we have a very prolific offense. And there are a lot of people writing about this. Well, the SEC wasn't ready for the air raid. They will be. They will be. There will be some. It won't. It won't be this weekend unless we help Arkansas. Now, I think Sam Pittman kind of touched on some of that yesterday. Is it's difficult to prepare. Let me read you a couple more comments before we move on with all that. Uh, he talks about you know kind of preparing for the air raid, uh, and and then kind of mentioned too that you know they're they're kind of changing their uh, their week. Not a lot of carryover from last week. And here's what he had to say. We're going to do what we do on defense. We tried some double coverage against Georgia. Pickens is a great player, so we try, we were trying to double him. We'll find out what we need to do to cover them and to give us the most advantage. We will still run multiple schemes and multiple coverage and things of that nature. In our coaching staff meeting, I said, let's, let's forget about this sheet of paper and what it says we're supposed to be doing at this time. This is a totally different football team than we played last week. Obviously, we're going to spend more time on the passing game. They have a really good offensive line. I'm, I was really impressed with Cole Smith. They have at center. He does a great job for them. They can run the football. They're huge up front. Of course, they have a great back there. You're going to have to stop the passing game, so we're going to spend more time on that this week. And one of the things that I have learned about preparation for athletic events, when you have to kind of start being somebody that you're not, you got your comfort zone, you get beat. You start having these changes in routines and you get beat. When you start drifting away from normalcy, you get beat. Athletes need a routine. And that's what makes Mississippi State so difficult to prepare for. You're only going to see the air raid one time a year. You get one week to prepare unless you're the season opener or the bowl game. You're only going to see the 335 one time. So you have to basically retool everything in a week. And if it's a road game, my goodness, and that's basically one less day that you kind of can spend time preparing for that. And that's, that's what makes this whole thing with Leach, you know, so interesting in season is that you can't carry over from week to week on either side of the football. You know, if we're running 4-3 cover 2 like everybody else, running the Tampa 2, then you say, okay, well, you know, we'll just run the same things we did last week. Now, all of a sudden, you show up and State's running at 3-3-5, and everything changes. Everything changes. It's not as simple as, okay, we've got to have more guys back in coverage, so let's run, a, run some 3-8 type stuff. We'll rush 3 and drop 8 in coverage on defense. But when you begin to think about the 3-3-5 alignment, now all of a sudden your offensive line splits are a little bit different. 
Now all of a sudden, your pass protections are a little bit different. And so again, you get guys out of their routine. And listen, these are smart guys. I mean, there, there are a little few wrinkles week after week after week. Everybody does it a little bit differently. But as dramatically different as Mississippi State is and everybody else, it is going to be awfully difficult to prepare in a short time. That's one of the things that gives me a little pause about Auburn because they'll have two weeks to get ready. But when you begin to kind of break this thing down with Arkansas, and we're going to have a little more talk about Arkansas later in the show, I just don't think they're going to have enough time to prepare. They had some real mistakes last week. Uh, it's one of the things I wanted to kind of go over today. One of the things that Sam mentioned is that they um, there were two different times they only had 10 guys out on special teams. Okay, and that, that's coaching. It is. Now, of course, the one player that didn't make it out there, it's on him too. But, you know, coaching is about preparation. you got to have those guys ready to roll. And they, they didn't. They didn't have those guys ready to roll. And that's frustrating for a coach. And they'll get it fixed. you got a lot of pros over there. You know, Scott Fountain, Mississippi State's, I, I guess he was our special teams coordinator for a couple weeks. He's over there now. Read into that what you will. They also had some injuries uh, last week, they're going to get, I think, three guys back, Soley and Bush, uh, McLennan. They'll get those three guys back this week. Dorian Gerald is a guy that's um, pretty banged up, and uh, there are some conflicting reports about his availability this week, and he is a big-time player for them. If you guys are unfamiliar with the roster, uh, let me familiarize yourself with Dorian Gerald. This is a guy, again, that uh, pass rusher. You know, guy, guy that does a great job for them, strong side defensive end. Pretty highly touted guy. We had him ranked, I guess, as an 88. Uh, 6'3", 265. And they were saying yesterday, oh, we're, we're hopeful to get him back. Then there were some reports that he was still on crutches yesterday over in Fayetteville going to class. He is a senior guy. Uh, you know, listen, was a big-time junior college guy, too. Number one defensive end in the country uh, out of junior college. And so he, even if he plays, will be less than 100%. He was a big part of things. You know, kind of moving forward, people thought, okay, this is a guy that can, that can really play. And uh, you know, had four tackles and a sack and a half last week against Georgia. And now all of a sudden he's not there. And so when you're looking to rush three and then one of your you know, primary pass rushers is now unavailable, that's a real problem. But again, they are getting some guys back. I just don't think defensively that they really have uh, the athletes to match up. And, and listen, I know that Chad Morris recruited at a pretty high level. And I, I think Chad Morris, you know, I, I hate to use, you know, bad language to talk about people. But this is a guy that was, you know, high school coach that kind of rode the coattails of Debo Sweeney and uh, has really done a poor job everywhere he's been ever since. Had that one good year at SMU. And then he's got a lot of Arkansas's money now. And now he's offensive coordinator at Auburn. You know, so maybe that bodes well for us. Who knows? But, uh, you know, Chad recruited some guys. I just, you know, I just think a lot of those defensive guys that they get, there was just a lot of smoke and mirrors with some of that, that recruiting. But uh, I do think that Arkansas has some intriguing pieces, and we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. I want to remind you, too, that my bookie is uh, the one-stop shop for, uh, for those of you who like to have a little skin in the game. But for some of you, it's not enough just to watch the game. You, you want to have an investment. You want to try to reap some benefit, perhaps some reward. So I encourage you to go to mybookie.com and use promo code Boneyard. The way this whole thing works is if you play with 100 bucks, if you make a $100 deposit, they're going to give you 100 bucks to work with. Now, you can't just immediately withdraw that. You still got to play. 
but up to $1,000, they will match that initial deposit. That gives you a chance to uh, to kind of invest in some parlays. And, and you know, listen, they've got the in-game in live betting option. You can bet all you want now. The NBA Finals are here. The NFL is here. MLB playoffs are about to begin. I mean, anything that's out there, UFC, whatever, you can put a wager on it. So make mybookie.com uh, your inside source when it comes uh, to in-game betting. Mybookie.com, promo code Boneyard to activate that free offer. Your winning season is here. It's as simple as that. Put their big brain to work. If you, if you think you know more than everybody else, put your money where your mouth is. My bookie can help you do it. There are they're folks that understand what it means uh, to pay out winners. And uh, we recently have had some Boneyard listeners that uh, were very happy to send me their winning total from Saturday, including our buddy uh, Stephen up there in Nashville. It was his first time. First time he, he played the money line and won big. So congratulations, Stephen. Thanks for being a listener. Again, that's mybookie.com, promo code Boneyard. Let's get into the top 10 list. You guys are loving this top 10 list, but we're changing it up today. We're changing it up. You know, this is one of my favorite bands of all time. They, uh, some people considered them like a synth pop band. Other people said they were a new wave band. Uh, I don't know if you can really put a label on them because I think Depeche Mode is kind of in a, uh, a genre of their own. You know, they had the uh, you know, first album that came out, and then um, they were a trio for a while, and then Martin Gore kind of took over as the primary songwriter. He is a musical genius. The first album with, uh, with Martin doing the primary songwriting was Black Celebration, was critically acclaimed, sold a bunch of copies, and it kind of laid the groundwork for what was to come with some great reward of music for the masses, eventually Violator and Songs of Faith and Devotion and Ultra. So I'm going to give you my top 10 Depeche Mode songs today. There, there are a couple that uh, won't be on here, and uh, a couple of them are major hits. And one of them is, I probably didn't include it because uh, it was one of those deals where it was a little bit overplayed, and that's Enjoy the Silence. I like the song, but some of you absolutely made me detest it when it was on the radio because it's all we ever heard. All we ever heard was Enjoy the Silence. And listen, it's got a great, great song and a great message behind it. There is a, a song off some great award called Blasphemous Rumors, there was a time that I wanted to entitle Flim Flam Blasphemous Rumors, kind of as an homage to Depeche Mode, but I thought it was kind of fitting considering the, the lifestyle of one Hugh Freeze. You know, and one of the, probably the album that really got me into Depeche Mode, you know, where I quit being kind of a peripheral fan to kind of committing to it. My first album that I actually bought, I went back and bought Black Celebration and Some Great Reward kind of after the fact, but uh, Music for the Masses, the lead track, it's World in My Eyes, and that, that really got me going, really got me going. All right, so here are my top 10 Depeche Mode songs. Again, you think you know me, but you don't. You don't. You only know what I show you. And today I show you, I put pill back in another layer and show you Depeche Mode. One of the best, biggest Depeche Mode fans that you know. Goes back to my early 90s dancing days. Uh, number 10 for me, one of my, prop, this is a B-side off of uh, Songs of Faith and Devotion. It's a song called In Your Room. And listen, there are a lot of remixes out there in, in the video, the official video. I don't really care for that version as much. The album version of In Your Room, it is one of the sexiest songs that nobody ever talks about. It is so great, so sultry, and uh, go check it out. Let's face it, friends. We live in uncertain times. Security, probably more important now than ever before. That's why it's important to keep you, your family, your property safe by working with my friends at Eufy. That's E-U-F-Y.com. Let me tell you a little bit about this new video smart lock they have. It's super cool. 
because basically you get a three-in-one security system here. You can have everything on just one device instead of having it outside of your house look rather tacky because you got all kinds of stuff out there. It's not just about your security, but convenience. No more concerns about losing keys. You can assign passwords to your family members, and you can see who's kind of coming and going. Got that immigrated camera, too. Uh, it's easy to install. You can set it up with just a Phillips screwdriver. You know, you don't have to go to a class on how to use power tools. No drilling required. You have keyless entry. You don't have to worry about fumbling with the keys when you're getting back with a, an armful of groceries, right? How convenient is that? That in and of itself is a great benefit. You got fingerprint recognition. It's unlocking. Got that AI self-learning chip. So the more you use it, the more accurate it's going to be. You don't have to worry about the battery. It's got a rechargeable battery that can last around four months. And you get a notification before it runs out so you don't have to compromise your family security. You got passcode unlocking, remote control, 2K clear sight camera. You can see who's at your door. You see these videos online all the time. Don't you think it's time for you to set something up so you can have the peace of mind of knowing that you don't have people constantly going in and out of your property? There's no monthly fee. Unlike other brands that charge you a monthly fee, you can have your recordings locally and never have to pay for storage. How cool is that? It's convenient. It's safe. It's a must-have for your home today. If you already have like a video doorbell, you know sometimes people want to come and steal your, your doorbell. You don't have to worry about with, that with this. All right, so let's be sure to visit Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y official.com forward slash video lock. And it's time for you to gain control of your door. Again, that's Eufy. E-U-F-Y. Hi, Bulldog fans. Our friends from Tecovis want to remind you that uh, it's festival season. It's concert season. It's sundress season. Yes, it is. And you know you need some nice boots to go along with every bit of that. And Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western wear. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and so much more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a very time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort, so no break-in period. You know how tough that can be with a brand new pair of boots. You can put these bad boys on and ride that ride with a smile. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with the same level of style. So stop by your local Tecovis store, have a complimentary beverage or two, shop the new styles, the smell of fresh leather, and a friendly staff are always at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience quite like it. If you can't make it to a store, visit Tecovas. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges shipped right to your door. Go to Tecovas dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. In your room, off songs of faith and devotion. Number nine, a song for the ages, off of some great reward. It was a big MTV hit, and uh, the message still stands today. It is one of those timeless songs. It was kind of written at a time when uh, it was kind of tumultuous in the world, you know, kind of the end of the Cold War and all that stuff. But uh, people are people, and uh, I, I think about so much in our lives that the, the the things that we quibble over. So people are people. Again, a timeless classic. People are people. So why should it be that you and I should get along so awfully? Number eight, off music for the masses, Never Let Me Down Again. Great dance track. It really, it really is. It's one of those songs that, uh, you know, that it was on the radio some, 
Depeche Mode didn't get a lot of airplay in the South, but uh, some of the bigger stations around the country, and MTV, of course, uh, Never Let Me Down Again was a big hit. Number seven, another B-side off of Violator. It's Halo. Love this track. And Violator, really, I would say Songs of Faith and Devotion and Violator, I can just start at track one and go all the way through. No skips on either of those albums. And there's some other albums, they kind of do some experimental stuff, and it's a little hokey to me, especially when they were trying to find their son early on. But uh, those two albums, to me, classic. And Halo, one of the most underappreciated songs in the catalog. Number six, the lead song on Song to Faith and Devotion, I Feel You. It's got this uh, screech that begins the song, but it, man, it is such a cool track. In the video, too, Shannon Doherty, the sultry siren, Shannon Doherty, formerly of Beverly Hills 90210, is kind of the love interest in the video. So if you're looking to go check that out, you should. But I Feel You is, uh, again, another song about relationships and uh, kind of a new relationship. It's awesome. Number five off the Ultra album is It's No Good. Kind of a funny video. It didn't really match the song. It was a funny video of them kind of playing in the dive bar. But, um, again, this is about a breakup. You know, one of those relationship-type songs that, you know, don't say you love me, don't say you you miss me, it's understood, you know, that, those kind of things. But uh, I know you can't be happy without me because it's no good. But go check that one out. Really like that one. And so now we get into, uh, I think, I think the final four here are probably, you know, you could probably throw in Enjoy the Silence, probably the most five famous Depeche Mode songs of all time. Number four for me, and I've sung this karaoke so many times, but it's Policy of Truth. Also off the Violator album. I used to, you know, it was so funny when I was writing Flim Flam, I would hear Policy of Truth because I always have music on when I'm working. That song would come on and I would always think about Hugh Freeze and, and uh, you know, the folks at Oxford. They just couldn't wait to tell their story. Number three, at sometimes in my life, this has been my favorite Depeche Mode song. It's Walking in My Shoes off of Songs of Faith and Devotion. It's one of those things that I think about, you know, some of the things that I've been through, you know, the, the, the hook in it, it says, uh, try walking in my shoes, you'd stumble in my footsteps. Uh, but it is kind of an inspirational song. It's a little bit selfish, a little bit uh, grandiose, I guess, but uh, great tune, great track. Number two, it's a huge club hit. There's tons of remixes out there. There's one, there's actually a Depeche Mode official remix of this song that I actually like as much as the original, but it's Strange Love. And um, this is one that reminds me of being at uh, Shooters in Hattiesburg and Sharky Shuck and Jive. That was around the time when that was really hitting hard. But number one for me, also a karaoke favorite of mine, is Personal Jesus. But listen, listen to the album version. Not that, not on the greatest hits, they gave you the radio edit. There's a there's a, a breakdown late in the song. It's uh, It's got a great kind of dance beat to it. Uh, that's the one to go with. So personal Jesus, I know that is one that uh, a lot that kind of turned a lot of people onto Depeche Mode, and and rightfully so. To me, that's the one. Personal Jesus, my favorite Depeche Mode song. So if you have ideas for top tens, shoot them to me. And uh, I always ask people, hey, well, give me, uh, give me, you know, give me your top ten, but also give me one or two of your favorites, and I'll try to work them in if I agree. Uh, you may have your own list. Chances are you'd be wrong. But I enjoy doing these, so please reach out. Let me know. Give me your top ten suggestions. They don't have to be music. They can be anything. Somebody asked me the other day, you know, favorite cartoon characters. I mean, you know, maybe we get to that at some point. But that's the top ten today, Depeche Mode. 
Uh, DraftKings, listen, DraftKings is uh, one of our newer sponsors. And listen, they are working hard to kind of earn your business. Is, there, is your one-day fantasy sports stop? If you're like me, I don't have the time to kind of keep up with a weekly fantasy football league and that sort of stuff. So I kind of got to do it in single servings. So what you do is you go download the DraftKings app. Use promo code Boneyard. That, that, number one, that gives you automatically as a new user one free entry into the drawing and a chance to win millions of dollars in prizes. But if you're not just trying to get lucky with a lottery ticket, you want to kind of put your skill to the test. You go go get into a fantasy league. It's a one-day deal. You pick your roster, stay under the salary cap, and then go beat the competition. And then you claim your winnings. They know a lot about it. There's got to be a, a minimum deposit of $5 to qualify uh, for the drawing. But if you're just looking for some fun to kind of make every game count, it's one of those things when you're watching your game, but to kind of keep up with all of them and kind of have interest in every NFL game, put together a fantasy football team. But again, you don't have to have a league. You can just kind of log on and have these single-serving friends and then go beat them and take some of their money. That's DraftKings.com. Go download the app today and use promo code BONEYARD uh, to activate the offer. DraftKings.com. Some restrictions may apply. Go visit them and uh, read about all the entry requirements. All right, so let's take a little closer look at Arkansas. I don't know if you've had a chance to watch an Arkansas-Georgia game. Listen, they really tried to keep Felipe Franks kind of within himself. They didn't try to ask him to go win the football game. They just kind of asked him to kind of manage the game. Kind of short control passes there, but they still struggled with that. 19 of 36 passing for just 200 yards, uh, 52% completion ratio. Average completion there, 5.6. There's one long of 49. That was a catch and run. And uh, he did have the one touchdown and two interceptions. Just sacked just one time, though. And that's one thing with Sam Pittman's group. They may not have the horses to do everything they want to offensively, but they're going to be sound, they're going to be sound when it comes to offensive line. Sam's going to demand that. It's kind of who he is. It's what he's built uh, his career around. So you can expect them to be fundamentally sound on the offensive line. There may be some physical uh, talent differentials at times, but they're not going to beat themselves when it comes to pass pro. That's just not – that's – you might as well get ready for that. That's kind of who they are. K.J. Jefferson played a little bit, uh, one or two for just three yards. And, again, you know, I think you know that's kind of what they want to do is kind of do the controlled passing game and kind of make some things uh, kind of happen, some catch-and-run type stuff. And, listen, they're playing Georgia, you know, one of the better teams in our conference from a talent standpoint. Uh, Traylon Burks, who I am a big fan of, had seven catches, 102 yards, and a long touchdown catch-and-run for 49 yards. You take him away, it was a very, very, very pedestrian performance by the Arkansas passing game. Mike Woods, just three catches for 40. Um, Trey Knox is a guy that I love a lot. I think he is, could be a big-time player, and he just simply couldn't get open. And when Sam Pittman was asked about that yesterday, about what do they need to do to get him going, he had one catch for three yards, and Sam's answer was easy. He's got to get open. And it's, kind of, it's going to be difficult to get open against Georgia. You know, there may be some more room to run this week, but there's not going to be a lot of time to sit there and hold the ball and wait for plays to develop. 20 catches, of course, uh, for 203 yards. Seven of those, again, and over and nearly half the production goes to Traylon Burke. So uh, he's a guy you have to be mindful of. Now, running the football, I'm a Rakeem Boyd fan, but he just simply couldn't get off last week. And a lot of it's because that Georgia front, very athletic, uh, kind of fit gaps, and, and there just wasn't a lot of room to run. Uh, Rakeem Boyd, 21 yards and 11 carries, average 1.9 yards per carry. 
long of five. Uh, Treon Smith actually was your leading rusher with 38 yards on six carries, but a lot of that was kind of when the game was uh, was in hand. Felipe Franks, five rushes for 13 yards. And that's the thing with Felipe. He is uh, not a plush runner, but he is a good enough runner to kind of keep you honest. It's interesting to see how they're going to utilize him. And Felipe Franks was supposed to be the next big thing in Florida. Uh, it didn't work out. You know, when he got hurt last year, man, and you hate that. He got hurt last year, and then Kyle Trask takes over, and uh, Dan Mullen kind of you know, centers the offense around Trask. And so Felipe Franks was a grad transfer and saw an opportunity to kind of move around and, and find another opportunity rather than go in and compete against the guy that uh, was clearly going to be the starter this year. So I don't blame Felipe for that, but I like these pieces offensively for Arkansas. They're going to figure some things out. They're going to find a way to kind of move the football. And listen, it's, it's a tough deal, even though you're, you know, you're playing at home. George uh, is a tall task for a brand new staff and a brand new scheme. But I think as the season goes on, you're going to see these guys get better. Uh, they've got, again, a nucleus of young wide receivers, a veteran quarterback, and a veteran running back. Uh, they've got an offensive line that's kind of a work in progress, but uh, they're not going to sit back there and do a bunch of five- and seven-step drops and that sort of stuff. I mean, the, the days of that are, are kind of over anyway. But uh, be that as it may, I don't think they figure out a lot this week, but I do think they will get some things going in the weeks ahead. I have read with great interest some of their fans believe that they have a real chance of coming to start going forward in the upset. State's won seven of eight in the series, seven of eight, two in a row. They were absolute blowouts. I, I think it's probably a tough task. I think they're going to start going when, without Mississippi State's help. Let's look at the defensive side of the football. Uh, again, I don't know that they have some guys to match up, but uh, you know, Grant Morgan is a very active linebacker, 13 tackles a week ago. Bumper Pool, one of the better names in all college sports, 11. I think you got to get those guys out there and make them run a little bit. you, you got to really get out there and kind of put them in conflict. Uh, Joe Fouché uh, is one of the guys that really high on, just had three tackles. But uh, he is a guy that is uh, you know, a guy that they've got some some big expectations for, for sure. We mentioned Dorian Gerald earlier, you know, his availability somewhat in question. I really believe if they have to try to back up defensive end out there, they're going to really struggle, really struggle to uh, – to get any kind of pass rush. Former Mississippi State commitment, Darius Bishop had this one tackle, uh, playing largely as a reserve now. Uh, Jalen Catlin with uh, nine tackles, and Jerry Jacobs also a DB with seven. And so they're retooling things over there, but uh, I just think they're probably, you know, a year or so away from kind of making some things happen. But, uh, you know, they're going to come down here and they're going to work hard and, and, and try to kind of confuse Mississippi State. And I think we're going to have an opportunity to kind of see a different side of K.J. Costello and a different side uh, of Mike Leach because I just don't expect them to try to match up one-on-one. -on -one. I just don't think they have the athletes to do it. It's one of those things, too, uh, when you begin to think about how LSU gassed themselves out and State was the fresher team in the fourth quarter, by playing zone coverage and keeping everything in front of you, you, you kind of save some wear and tear over the course of a ball game. I, I really believe, I don't think they do it, 100% of the time, there is going to be a lot of zone coverage. I don't think there's any question. We're going to see a lot of that, especially when you're outmanned and you you can't get out there and, and go one-on-one. -on -one. And it's so crazy, too, when you think about this is the benefit of that big, wide offensive split is you got to come farther to get the quarterbacks, and chances are you're not getting there, but you're tiring yourself out more. And that's one of the things I thought Bo Pelini 
you know, kind of a self-defeating situation there, despite the fact that they saw they couldn't get there regularly, they still continue to run those stunts and twists and those, you know, big looping defensive line type things and try to, to, to cause some confusion. And KJ's out there just kind of pitching and catching. Listen, there were some times they kind of affected him a little bit. But by and large, even when he had guys in his face, he did a great job and delivered the football. So I'm, I'm going to give you my score on Saturday. I think State wins this game, and I think State covers. And I think the last I saw, the line is now up to 18. I just I don't think Arkansas can score. They've only put up 10 points last week. And, again, the touchdown came on a big play. Uh, but I just think, you know, in order for them to score – regularly against Mississippi State. I think Mississippi State's going to have to help them. Now, will there be a little bit of a step back defensively from Mississippi State? I don't know. I think you're going to see a much more balanced attack, and I think, again, we're going to have to kind of squat on some routes and that sort of stuff to kind of hold them accountable because I just don't think Felipe Franks is going to go out there look to stretch the field much like LSU did. I, I think it's going to be kind of ball control, and I think what they're going to want to do is shorten the game a little bit. And people always say, well, Steve, what does that mean? They're going to try to run the football. They're going to try to run the football and have kind of a short, controlled passing game, just try to get five or six yards on first down to kind of make uh, second and third down a lot more manageable. That's the reality of it. I think it's one of those deals where they cannot win a shootout with Mississippi State. If they get out there and just start throwing the football around and it turns into a 28-31 you know, type ball game, they're not going to win that. They're not. Chances are Felipe Franks is going to throw us a football a couple times too. I think this is a game that probably uh, you know State wins by three or more touchdowns. I really think 20 points is probably right where this, the line will settle, and I still think State will cover. I just don't think they've had enough time to properly prepare. You saw that film on Saturday, and if you're Arkansas – I mean, yeah, you, you've seen what Mike Leach has done, but you didn't see how he utilized the personnel of Mississippi State. And everybody thought, okay, well, the kid from Stanford's pretty good. Well, he's no longer the kid from Stanford. Now he's K.J. Costello. And it's weird to think about this. If he just, if he has, you know, if he, if he just does half of what he did last week, he's going to have, have run at 1,000 yards passing already. He's a game changer. We've got to keep him healthy. We got to you know get Kyle Hill probably a little more involved, but Kyle Hill is going to have a big ball game this weekend. I really I really expect that to happen. I think Kyle has a big game, and I, I think you're also going to see some situations where when Kyle begins to get off, then all of a sudden those safeties begin to kind of creep up a little bit, and that'll open up some vertical passing stuff. And uh, you know if, if you're going to play too high safety, you, you're going to have to expect to give up some rushing yards. You're going to have to expect to give up some things underneath. When you start bringing those safeties in the box, and all of a sudden you put those corners out there on an island, I think that's where we take advantage. So what I expect to happen is the first couple of series, you know, you go out there and you script your plays to kind of figure out how they're going to defense that and defense this. And then I think you start checking the ball down the column uh, and you start running him between the, between the tackles and out there on the edges. And I think they're really going to struggle, which reminds me of one more thing that uh, Sam Pittman said that I thought, Shows a lot of respect for Colin. I want to read that for you, too, before I get out of here. A couple more things I want to talk about. But uh, he goes, to about preparing for Colin Hill, he goes, it's very difficult. If you're in man coverage, your linebackers have him man-to-man. That in itself can be a mismatch on him. And if you zone him, then you give up the short passing game. Then you have to get him on the ground. That's been very difficult for opponents. He can spin around you. He can jump over the top of you. He can run by you, and he can run through you. 
I just think the guy's a great football player. I really do. I love the way he plays and the effort that he gives. And so they've got a lot of respect for Kylan, but Kylan should have some running room this weekend. It's kind of a pick-your-poison thing. It's like if you want to drop eight, we'll run the football, or we'll check it down to Kylan. If you want to stack the box, then we'll throw it over the top. And uh, that's something we haven't always had. We haven't always had that type of balance to be able to make explosive plays. And we've been so good run after the catch. We've been so good after the catch. And that look, we have not ever been that. I mean, maybe you go back to, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, you know, maybe, maybe Eric Moulds. We just have never been great after the catch. And a lot of that's because, you know, sometimes we just go recruit athletes and make them receivers. You know, I would, maybe Chad Bumpus is the last guy that could really just kind of take a, you know, take a seven or eight yard hitch and then make somebody miss and run to the end zone. Just, we, we haven't been that type of offense. And now all of a sudden you see these guys out here like Javante Payton and Osiris Mitchell doing things we never thought they were capable of doing. It's incredible. And so we kind of look ahead and look forward to seeing those guys out there. Uh, my hope is, is that all of you will have an opportunity to watch a game this weekend. It's a 6.30 kick. It is on the SEC Network alternate channel. And they've gotten that fixed on DirecTV here in the last year or so. And if you don't have that, you can watch on the ESPN app. And I know for some of you that are kind of technologically challenged, it is a real challenge. I wish they would move it around, especially with some of these games being postponed. They haven't. You would think you want Mike Leach, the home opener, to be on a uh, you know, network that you can get eyeballs on. That's just me. But uh, be that as it may, that's the situation we're under. Those of you that are coming, I'm going to encourage you to bring multiple cowbells. Put on some gloves. It's going to be a little chilly anyway. Put on some gloves. Save yourself some blisters. And wring your two-handed heart out. It's going to be a great opportunity for us to get before the cowbells. And I hate it for guys like KJ Costello that won't get to see Davis Wade Stadium in its full glory and magnificence. But let's really have a home full advantage and bring the cowbells and you know, raise some hell out there. I mean, it's, it's going to be a fun night, I believe. But listen, Arkansas is a team that's capable in here, I think, of kind of keeping the score down. I know, I know I've read where some people say, hey, we'll score 60 or 70 points. I don't, I don't see that. I don't think it's going to be that type of blowout. I think, you know, maybe it's a 42 to 20 type game. I think we'll, you know, I think eventually our conditioning will get to them and we'll have a big fourth quarter. But uh, listen, this could be a ball game for a half and I need to be prepared for that. You know, Arkansas has brought some teams in here, some pretty capable teams that have given us a difficult time at times. Uh, we've had the better of the run of the last decade or so, but um, I think Sam Pittman is going to recruit at a high enough level. That they're they're going to kind of right the ship a little bit. And I'll tell you one of the silliest questions I've ever heard in the history of the world happened at his press conference yesterday. Uh, he had a reporter asked him, you know, how, how close are you to realizing your dream of winning an SEC game? And I looked at Sam's face, and he looks a lot like Ty Grantham's. <laughs> but uh, Sam was professional. You know, and he goes, well, I hope it's Saturday. It's been long enough. It's weird to think about it's been since October of 2017 since Arkansas has won an SEC football game. It's crazy to think about. And so I don't think they win one this weekend, but I do think there is an opportunity to win one or two before the year is out. I think Arkansas is going to take some step forwards this year. I just don't think it's going to happen this weekend. Speaking of uh, this weekend, I'm going to be at Campus Bookmark Saturday afternoon before the game. You can come by and uh, get signed books and uh, everything else you need. And uh, if you can't make it to town, let me encourage you to go visit them on the World Wide Web at campusbookmart.net. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson, and that'll get you free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. 
but uh, they've got everything you're looking for. They've got the latest in maroon and white merchandise. They've got maroon and white masks. They've got, uh, you know, this is novelty items for the home. You can decorate your home, your office, your RV, whatever you need. Miss Kathy Brown can get it for you. But if you're in town before the game, come by, say hello. I'll be there at 5 o'clock and uh, then make the, the short little trek over to, uh, to campus. But uh, the book is out and uh, in, in stores now and uh, should be in most regular vendors by the end of the week. But uh, it's been great already. All, so if you pre-ordered the book, your pre-order was signed on Monday. Half of them shipped out Tuesday. The other half are going out today. Uh, so you should get an email that says that your order has been complete. And please understand, uh, we don't work for the Postal Service. And uh, I know there have been some nightmare stories out there. So if there is a little bit of a delay, uh, just be patient. You should get a tracking number. If you if, it, if there is a delay, you can email the uh, the website and they will provide you a tracking number. But uh, there's a lot going on with this book. And uh, I'm really excited about it, really proud of the work. And uh, you know, for the first time in a long time, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of happy. You know, it's... Uh, this was my quarantine project and uh, got really excited about doing this book after I did start real ones. I said, you know, this is something that I really enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, the reviews were great. The sales were great. People really loved it. Let me give you a quick rundown here of uh, the schedule. I got, I got uh, a few dates here. And uh, if you're interested in booking a date, if you're a vendor that wants to carry the book, you can reach out uh, on the website. That's alphadogsbook.com. There's a contact us link there. If you want to book an event, call Janet at 601-397-5948. But here are a few dates that are already set up for the month of October. And uh, we're going to be doing game day signings every home football game at various vendors. But here we go. Friday night for the Unwind event, I will be at Book Martin Cafe downtown Starkville from 4 to 8.30. Might even pour your glass of wine. Uh, Saturday morning, I'm at the Lodge from 9.30 to 12.30, and then at, Book, at Campus Bookmart 1 to 5. Sunday, I'm back at Bookmart Cafe from 11 to 3. Wednesday, I will be at the farm in Rueville, Mississippi from 5 to 8. Listen, that was one of the biggest stops in the book tour last year. I, I never would have believed it. Never would have believed it. We went over there. We had people from all over the Delta come. Had a huge day in sales. Could not believe it. Thursday, October 8th, I'll be at the Y'all Lifestyle Shop in Ribs in Mississippi. That's the Bo Bound store from 2.30 to 5.30. They're going to have food, too. Tuesday, October 13th, 2nd Street Bean in my hometown of Columbia, Mississippi, 11 to 2. We usually do something with the library, but that's kind of under repair after the tornado down there. Wednesday, the 14th, I'm at the MSU Bully Shop in Meridian, Mississippi from 11 to 1.30. Had a big signing there last time. Look forward to seeing you guys down there. Thursday, October 15th in Philadelphia, Mississippi. I'm back at Stribling Pharmacy from 2.30 to 5.30. I had a big day there last time, too. Had people waiting on me when we got there. Friday, October 16th, Maroon and Company right here in Starkville from 2.30 to 5.30. That's probably going to be a 2.30 until as long as people are showing up, I'm going to stay. I got nowhere to be. So uh, that is one of those deals where uh, it's a Friday, so I'll probably do a local football game. Probably just do Starkville High School or West Point or something. And so I, as long as people are coming, I'm going to hang out. Monday, October 19th, Dabs Pharmacy in Matheson, Mississippi, just down the road from 4 to 6. Didn't want their, I was with their Yapora store last time. I think we'll do that again eventually, too. Tuesday, October 20th, the Grapevine in Columbus, Mississippi, from 11 to 2. Come by and say hello. Had a good signing there last time as well. Thursday, the 22nd, Premier Sports in Cleveland. 
I go to Cleveland every year, and uh, I'm always amazed at how good the people are there and how good the food is. Wednesday, October 28th, the Rotary Club in Louisville, Mississippi, 1130 to 1. When you come to a book signing, every book is there. Flim Flam, Stark Villains, Alpha Dogs, the book. Every Alpha Dogs, you know, it's not the full title. But uh, be this as it may, if you're looking for those books, you want to get signed copies, you want to come get a picture or whatever, just come say hello. Uh, you can buy books there. You don't have to go buy them elsewhere. And then that's why I go to these events at these stores. I'm trying to help these vendors. And uh, I don't know how many of these we're going to do. I'm going to do as many as we can as long as my health holds up and, uh, you know, the, the things are going well with the virus. But um, to ensure that you get a personalized copy, maybe you don't want to get out. Maybe you don't even want to see me, whatever. You just want to read the book. You go to alphadogsthebook.com. And, again, you can buy all three books there, Flim Flam, Stark Villains, or Alpha Dogs. Uh, I'm really excited about Alpha Dogs. I think it's the best thing that I've written. Uh, I love those stories and a lot of Mississippi State history there. Uh, I'm a firm believer, and of course I wrote the book. If you're a Mississippi State fan, you need to know our history. And uh, Stark Villains kind of got into some of that. Alpha Dogs kind of fills in some of those gaps. I've already started putting a list together for the people that I want to speak to next time. That's probably going to come in, in 2022. Uh, i got some other irons in the fire for next year. But be that as it may, uh, I, I enjoyed putting this book together. I enjoyed interviewing these great heroes and uh, heard from Wes Shivers this morning, wrote, with, wrote about Wes in the 97 Egg Bowl and the big fight before the ball game. And, uh, and listen, he's got some great things to say. And there are some controversial things in the book, too. And that's one of those things. There's some documents that have never been published before that are being published. Um, you guys may remember the Hederman family uh, out of Jackson. Got a letter that uh, one of the Hedermans wrote to the state college board and to other people about Mississippi State playing in a game of change and how he was adamantly opposed to that. that that's in the book, as well as some other notable names. And there's some rank-and-file people, too. There's some other people in there that, uh, you know, that they, they wrote letters. And that's the thing, too, I thought was so, so crazy about that is that, uh, you know, it wasn't just politicians. I mean, there were people around our state that just, you know, had kind of had an antiquated, antiquated view of things. And, and listen, I don't think it's, uh, you know, it's easy to judge in hindsight, but I think it's important to kind of contextualize things and kind of understand, you know, really how far we have come as a university and as a people and as a state. Still got a long way to go. But uh, I wanted to kind of paint, you know, kind of open up a window to the past in many respects and let people kind of think about the things that Bill Anderton and Joe Dan Gold and those guys went through just to go play a college football basketball game. Excuse me. And um, they had, it was an uncertain future. They had no idea when they got back if, if they were going to be arrested. They didn't know if they were going to be able to get jobs when they graduated. And sadly, many of those guys are gone. And uh, it was just kind of a perfect storm. I don't think a lot of people kind of understand, you know, how none of those guys really had – they had great lives and great careers. But it was like – this was almost like the fulfillment of some divine prophecy that this group of guys – was supposed to be drawn together. And Babe McCarthy from Baltimore, Mississippi, and you go out and you get these guys, and they come in here, and they do something absolutely incredible. But it's like that was their moment. Like, you know, there's these moments that are just so life-defining. And uh, that game of change thing, when you, you know, I interviewed Bill Anderton and, you know, talked at length with him about some of those guys, and it was like, you, when I, I wrote an update on kind of what happened to these guys once they uh, left Mississippi State. And it's just amazing to me you know, well, this guy did this, and this guy became an attorney, and, and this guy got involved with the FCA, and they all did incredible things with their lives. But athletically, that was their big moment. 
you know, Leland Mitchell, of course, was uh, you know was a guy that went on to play pro basketball for a while, and probably the star of the team. But by and large, this was a group of guys, many of them from the state of Mississippi, that came together for one shining moment that was part of something magical. And uh, that, listen, there have been some stories written about all this, and I just felt that I would take a crack at it and uh, do some research, and there are some documents that are kind of associated with that game that are made public for the first time ever. And I think you need to read those. And they're very, very important. It's an important part of our history, not just Mississippi State history, but the state of Mississippi. And there are a lot of things, too, that people didn't fully appreciate. And there are some things that I didn't know about how that all kind of came to be. How did it get to be accepted in the state of Mississippi that uh, a state-funded institution couldn't go play against African-American players? How did that happen? What, what was the impetus to, to kind of implement that unwritten rule? Well, I did some research and, uh, and found it, and so it's in the book. So look forward to you guys reading that Game of Change, an important part of uh, Mississippi State history for sure. Well, that's going to do it for today. I'll be back on Friday. We'll preview the SEC weekend. i got to go sign some more books. How about that? You guys are doing great. Keep buying. I'll keep signing. But until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live.